Welcome to the Crossway Podcast, a podcast where we talk about how we can walk in the way of the cross. I'm your host, Jonathan, and this is Matthew, and we are so excited to be here today. We have a guest with us, Jonathan Henderson, and we're talking about knowing God's will for your life. And we have a phone call. We do, but guess what? Oh, phone call's gone. Alrighty, so that was not someone from church. That was a. I hope not. No, I looked. Okay, okay. good, because that would be really bad. But it is what it is. Um, <laughs> that would have been. A, I really needed the preacher, but he was on this podcast, and he just. They're going to think up. every time. No, not just not just hung up. I unplugged my phone line. <laughs> but, nice. Um, I feel like we need to do all of that over again. Like, we might need to do that all over again. But uh, let's see. Tone, How many are? It is what it is. But if um, you're watching live, let us know you're here in the comments. Um, also, if uh, what you watch later, we still like your comments. We absolutely. still want to be able to interact with you. Um, or at least, you know, be able to see your feedback. Um, hopefully, uh, we didn't get to do it this time because we have a guest. And I'm not sure how that would work yet. But sometimes we've gone live on on. On other platforms, I think TikTok was one of them we tried with the guest. Yeah. I don't know how to do that with this platform yet, but because uh, normally it's a second camera or a second device. But we'll work on that um, just to try to reach different audiences because that's what we're about. Just finding people who can just hear a little bit about God and maybe open up some doors of, of possibilities. So we have a unique situation today. I'm going to address this situation okay. as we get started. To my right is Jonathan. Mm-hmm. On our visitor screen is Jonathan. Yeah. And so what we're going to do for my sanity in this <laughs> podcast is... What little he has left. Yes. Jonathan Anderson is the official Jonathan for the day. He is. And we will go with Frodo in the nickname category for this Jonathan. Now... As and many we, of you already know that. Yeah, so many it won't of you know that. New, but. So as we get started, before we dig into anything in particular... Official Jonathan, welcome to the show. Jonathan was a youth group kid of mine when I was in youth ministry in McMinnville. Um, but instead of me trying to remember all this stuff, Jonathan, take 30 seconds, introduce yourself. Tell us anything you want to tell in the next 30 seconds. Elevator pitch, go. Hey guys, thank you so much for uh, having me on the show, first of all. Uh, again, I'm Jonathan Anderson. I was, I'm from McMinnville. I'm a student graduate of Freed Hardman, where I met my wife, Brooke. We have one two-year-old, about to be three, here in a couple of weeks, uh, Percy Anderson. It doesn't feel possible, man. Uh, we've been here doing youth ministry since 2015 and have absolutely loved every second of it. That is awesome. Now, I want to add, because we talk about this a little bit. We do. Jonathan grew up a Georgia fan. All right, okay? here it is. Sorry. Stop for a second. Jonathan grew up a Georgia fan. Five minutes. And for some reason, has decided to become a Tennessee fan. Should we address it? How how do you go from being a Georgia fan to becoming a fan of your rival? And he said it was all about basketball and this and that. But I just, I mean, that's like kissing your sister. Like you just is absolutely not coming from the Alabama fan. But we'll we'll leave that. But um, that's like being Team Jacob and being Team Ishmael. I mean. There's a what story in Luke chapter 15 about this young man who goes <laughs> off and he lives a wild life full of sin and, pleasure and he's self-indulgent. And then one day he comes to his senses and he comes home, Matthew. And 
that's what happened. Being somebody who has been born and raised in Tennessee, I've repented of my sins. And, and I'd like to think that I can at least have some of the credit for Georgia winning the national championship because after 12 years of being a pretty big fan, I jump off the wagon and, and they get things done. So any Tennessee friends? Uh, Georgia fan. Yeah, yeah. See, he's still a Georgia fan. Hell yeah. Yeah, but he's when trying to become all things to all men thing. I think. Like, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, You're Jonathan, we are, we are really glad uh, to have you on today. So, Mr. Frodo. Oh goodness. Jump us in. Tell us what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. So we've been, you know, we've been going on the last few episodes talking about knowing God's will for your life. And we've covered things like just, well, let's say we deleted them, but we've talked about <laughs> on our little list, but we've talked about, man, first of all, just knowing who God is, knowing how we've been, you know, uh, listening to godly input was our, our last episode, which was really important because it's not just, and I can't do it by myself. Mm-mm. I got to listen to wiser people. And that could be people who are older. It could be people who are younger, but just wiser. But then also mm-hmm. making sure those voices are, are from God. And that kind of leads us into after we're seeking this godly input, we then also have to understand how God wired us. So today that's what our episode's all about is paying attention to how God has wired you. Because mm-hmm. it's so easy, and, and Jonathan and, and Matthew, you, y'all know this, it's so easy to play the comparison game. Uh, yes, as just people, but as ministers, will look mm-hmm. at me like, man, if I could just do it like they do, it would be yeah. so much better. Or if I could do this or do that, or and there's nothing wrong with improvement, but the comparison game sometimes goes completely against, or whatever, whatever we're comparing goes completely against how God's wired us. So I'll, I'll, speak, I'll, I'll speak about it from a preacher perspective, and Jonathan, if you will, speak about it from a youth minister perspective. It's really easy to look at the Lonnie Joneses, the David Shannons, and be like, if I could communicate, if I could preach like that, I would be effective. When, <laughs> you know, God has given all of us, you know, as preachers, when we when we feel like, hey, this is where I need to be, you know, you develop your own voice. Mm-hmm. But you, you do, and there, there's a difference between I want to continue to grow, but when you set the bar of I want to be like so-and-so, you're never going to reach that bar because you're two totally different people. And and Jonathan, I think I think there's even maybe more of a challenge in that way when you look at not just youth ministers, but youth ministry programs. Exactly. Yeah. And I think we can. And I want to say something really quickly. Uh, you mentioned Lonnie Jones. He had a statement about this same thing that I heard and stuck with me. And I'm going to paraphrase it possibly badly. But he said, when I compare what I know about me, what I don't know about you, I'm going to come off worse. Uh, because I know my faults, I know my problems, and I think that's true of any Christian, you know. But, you know, in youth programs, we can buy into the lie, and all of us do it. You go to uh, Horizons, or you go to Exposure, or you go to CYC, and how big's your youth group? You know, what's your budget? And all, all this stuff <coughs> that is really not important, and we try to measure success by this, or you look at this other guy who's just brought in 20 or 30 more kids in a year or two into his group and, and you haven't, and you start again comparing yourself to somebody that you don't really know, um, you're always going to lose that battle. I think, I don't think that's healthy to do at all. Mm-mm. No, and, and I think, you know, going, speaking to, to the program side, but also to, I wish I could do, fill in the blank like this person, right. finding your own voice. 
why what makes those youth ministers so successful and what makes those we'll say those pulpit ministers or preachers our guests yeah. our speakers so successful isn't the fact that oh they emulated themselves after someone else to speak like them they said I'm going to speak like me. Yeah. I'm going to find how God's, you know, wired me, my personality, and I'm going to embrace that and then boldly teach in that style. And there's nothing wrong with learning and you grabbing parts of styles from different people. But ultimately what makes even like you think like songwriters and bands yeah. and artists, what makes them so successful? They don't just emulate an artist. They have influences. But eventually yeah. they have their own voice, like well, what you were saying. You know, there are some preachers, and a couple have come to mind, and I don't want to say their names because I don't want them to think that I'm, like, ragging on them. But, you know, there, there are some guys that in, in behind the podium on the stage, the pulpit, whatever you want to call it, they do not have the most commanding style. They do not have the most commanding voice. Their their presentation is not, like, something that you would go into speech class. You'd be like, you need to speak like this person right here, you know. Yeah. Um, but they are so personable mm -hmm. that the strength of their preaching is ministry. It's not in their words, it's in their relationships. Yeah. And so they know that the, 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 the audience knows that when this person is talking to me about the word of God, he may not be the most polished guy, but I know he's saying this because I know how much he loves me. Uh, absolutely. Right. Uh, I think well, of, yeah. I'm sorry. Go, Jonathan. Fredo, it's your show. You go first. Oh, you're my guest. You got, you got uh, well, first. I well, man, I, I was just going to say, you know, uh, the church doesn't need another Jonathan Fredo Germany or another Jonathan Anderson or another Matthew Ballantyne, you know. Uh, and that's kind of, I guess, getting into what we're going to be talking about. But it doesn't need another uh, Lonnie Jones or David Shannon or anybody else, you know. And, and I think uh, when you just try to use the talents and gifts that you have naturally and then, I think instead of imitating each other, I think we ought to imitate Christ and allow our God to lead us and, and to be the people we are because he placed us where we are for a reason and, and with a purpose. And I think when I try to be somebody else other than Jesus, I'm, I'm missing the point, you know? Oh, absolutely. I, I like that. You know, it's too often we almost elevate, I guess, certain people. As yes. if they're the standard, right. and the standard really is, is like you said, Jesus. Exactly. Now, we can say, hey, I really want to take what they do well. Maybe, hey, they're really good at, at telling the story of Jesus and, and connecting with storytelling. So I'm going to, you know, study how the art of that. That's just fine, but right. don't study their cadence or their, you know, their speech patterns, you know, or because there are people mm -hmm. I'll listen to, and I'm like, oh, that's a that's one hundred percent a pure imitation of so and so. Well, I used to be that way. So when I first started preaching, and I saw when I first started preaching, I mean, when I first kind of started easing into ministry, and like uh, I was at Second Creek, I was a freshman at Freed Hardeman, and they're like, "Hey, we want you to preach this Sunday." I'm like, mm. "No, like I've done these, you know, I've done these youth group yeah. devotional Sunday things, but I've never like so." So I had this tape from he used to be. The president Lipscomb, I can't think of his name, but it was back when I was like in high school. But he had this sermon called Victory Over Temptation. And it's still to this day one of my favorite sermons to preach because it went from his sermon to over the last 25 years, 25 years, <laughs> it has become my sermon. Yeah. 
But yeah. that first time I did it, I had a, it was on a cassette tape from when he had preached it at Savannah, and I sat there and I play, write it down, stop, write down what he said, play, stop, write down what he said, and I did this for two days, writing yeah. down word for word what he said, and then instead of like practicing it on my own, I listened to that tape and was like. And when I preached it that Sunday, I, I did that. I, I, I mean, you could have probably put, I mean, the pauses were the same. The cadences were the same, <laughs> you know, because to me, it was like, this is what good preaching is. You know, this is going to, and, and everyone's like, wow, that was so good. And then, I remember first time I never heard, you just seem to preach beyond your years. And I thought, because it's not my sermon, you know. <laughs> Man, it's so funny you say that. I We've never talked about this, but when I was a sophomore at Freed Hardman, same situation. I was a youth minister at Antioch and Raymer, and it was I was my turn to speak for the first time. And I actually had an old sermon that had been recorded. I did the same thing, and uh, and what think, my version of victory over temptation was? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was not okay. not that one. Uh, but you know, I think part of that comes with you know you're just learning how to how mm -hmm. to speak and how to you know, present yourself and you're faking it until you make it. But it, it's so funny looking back on that and uh, just having those memories. I, that's hilarious. I can still see myself doing the same thing. Uh, <laughs> but, you know. but to that vein, yeah. and, and it's like you said, this fake it till you make it and, and, and growth. You know, Paul does talk about imitate me as I imitate Jesus. That's and right. I think that that is part of the growth process. But yeah. part of living your life the way that God has wired you, living to that will of God is to understand that. Uh, this is a journey. Yep. Um, who Peter was when he got called to follow Jesus was a completely different Peter than preached on the day of Pentecost. Yes, That's right. Because he followed Jesus. Jesus built him into something and grew him into something that was so much more. Um, well, even the growth and, between the denial yeah. and Pentecost, which is what, like three months later, maybe? Um, yeah. You know, just I a mean, few months later. So, yeah. so as we, um, as we're kind of talking about this preacher thing, I think maybe one of the, the, the dangers that we get in, in, in the church is talking about serving him within the walls and yeah. not really encouraging people to serve him outside of the walls. Cause I, I know that, uh, like I heard somebody say just recently, they were talking about an individual at church and they said, well, you know, he's come to church here his whole life, but I've never seen him lead prayer or nothing. And their image of, yeah. um, am I a faithful Christian, is am I serving publicly in worship, or if I'm a woman, am I teaching a Bible class? And I think all three of us would agree in the churches of Christ, we have been bad to limit people to that box. Yes. Um, I'll speak to the, real quick, I'll speak a little bit there, and then I know, Jonathan, you have a really cool story with, with this kind of idea here, but I can remember in, in, in every interview, uh, for those of you who don't know, when, when you're interviewing ministers, almost, almost without fail, they'll ask, well, how's your wife involved? And, and you want to be smart aleck and be like, you're not hiring her, but you can't really say that. And, yeah. um, but I've also learned my wife is one of those where she's not going to lead a Bible class. Uh, I, I think she can. Uh, if she's listening later, um, I love you. Um, uh, but I've also learned to listen to her when she says, Jonathan, stop, you know, mm -hmm. don't, 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 don't push me anymore. So in these interviews, I'll say, I'm, I'm fine. She's not going to do that. If you're looking for that, we're not your, you're, we're not your team, but she's good at just 
being one-on-one, -on -one, listening, working behind the scenes. She might go in and like assist somebody to be like a classroom manager type thing. But if yeah. you're like, hey, go teach this class, she's going to say no. And you know, she, she's going to be like, no. She, she'll tell you no, and she doesn't tell people no. <laughs> so, But you have to be upfront because being different isn't bad. Is yeah. just serving others and embracing your talents because we need everybody. We need mm -hmm. those background people. If people, yeah. you know, you notice when things, when things fall through the cracks because those background people stop showing up, then all of a sudden it becomes super important. Yeah. They're like, whoa, who did, oh, they did that? Yeah, they've been uh, doing that for 20 years. So, <laughs> like, yeah. Speaking of background people, think about this. Um, if you read the accounts of the Gospels, we hold the apostles in very high esteem, and rightfully so. Mm -hmm. But they are background characters in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's right. They are, they're handing out bread. They're picking up baskets of bread. They're, they're, they are, they're background characters. Yeah. Now, Jesus' ministry was greatly, um, the arms of his ministry reached further, I think, because of those background guys. Yep. There are things that they did that we'll never know about in those, but they are background characters. And so background characters, like you said, are so important to the church in the fact that okay, we got a guy here. You're never going to see him up front. His name's Randy Kilpatrick. You're never going to see him up front. But I saw pictures on Facebook the other day where he has a group of um, special needs and autistic teenagers that he has a fishing club with. Wow. He puts them on his boat, takes them out and goes fishing. That's incredible. That's ministry. Oh, that's cool. Yes, so as, as we were talking about this idea, uh, I shared with you uh, a conversation that Jonathan and I had had uh, about something that you guys have going on at your church. Uh, yeah. So share with us. They are the the ramp building church in Smithville. The ramp church. So and, and that kind of spun some of this conversation. But but share with us kind of what you guys have done in that way. Is it okay if I make one or two comments about something Jonathan said too about no preaching? No, absolutely yeah, not. You have to do yeah. exactly what we said. So that to me, I think ministers' wives are held to a higher standard than uh, even we are in some sense. And like my wife's a special ed teacher here in Smithville. I have never once been asked to go in and to help decorate her classroom or help do anything like that. But all of a sudden, because I've got or like you know, a banker or a teacher or anything else, I don't know why we hold them to that standard. But anyway, my wife happens to be a Bible class teacher. But you know what she was doing before we met? Teaching a Bible class because that's one of her talents and one of her gifts. And, you know, I'm so thankful here. One of the elders is the pulpit guy who's been here for so long. And, and he understood that really uh, whenever we were coming in, he made that clear. She's just expected to be a Christian. So if you're an elder listening to this, just let the preacher's wives, don't call them preacher's wives. We hate that. Let them be New Testament Christians and, and parts of your church. But speaking of our church, <laughs> uh, the Ramp Church, um, years ago, long before I came here, uh, they went to Mexico every year for a mission trip. And they would go down and do the whole, you know, evangelism thing and help build houses. And I think they might have even done, I don't know if they did a BBS down there at that time. But one year they're coming back from Mexico. They're getting close to the border. And they're literally, they were stopped by the cartel. Like machine guns, search the bus, the whole nine yards. And so our elders felt that it was no longer a safe uh, trip to make. 
And when they came back, the old involvement minister here uh, kind of had the idea, well, what if instead of going to Mexico to do this type of uh, mission work, what if we tried to do it here? And so every year, it's actually a big deal in the community. Like I get to go on the radio once a year in Smithville and talk about uh, the work camp that's coming up. Everybody in the town knows you take the applications if you need help to uh, the local banks and they'll bring them to us uh, in addition to our church office. Anyway, it's a whole well-polished thing. But part of what we do, in addition to going and doing yard work and going and serving, we have two crews uh, consisting of 10 people, 15 people each, maybe that will go out and they will build handicap ramps for people in the community. And we do this during work camp and then about five or six of us go throughout the year. Uh, and these are guys, it actually, there was a contractor at the Lafayette Church of Christ who uh, started coming and he ran a, a construction business and he showed us how to do it. And then we've had some of the type of guys y'all are talking about that maybe won't get up in front of the church. Some of them do, but some of them wouldn't. But then they're really good with their hands. And so they've actually perfected this. And we've actually got it to where the guy who had came and shown us how to do this, he doesn't come anymore because we've got five or six guys who can go out on their own, measure what needs to be done, buy the lumber, pre-cut it. Uh, you know, we've bought two augers since then to dig the post holes. I mean, this is a year-round thing. And people in Smithville know that when you see that handicap ramp, and personally, I mean, glory to God, but I get so proud just driving through town because I'll see ramps. I'll be like, we built that. We built that. They built that before <laughs> I came. You know, and, you know, Jesus, we've showed God's love to that person and that person. And, and the hope is they remember uh, that it's from God's people who love them. But kind of to what y'all are speaking at, you don't have to get up and lead a prayer or lead singing or teach a class. Um, I think that God's glorified just as much by the brother or sister. We have women who help with this too, who are, you know, digging the post holes so that we can uh, put the ramp in the ground as he is by the preacher on Sunday morning. Well, so when, when you talk about this idea, we're showing God's love through this. That, that's what ministry is about. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. what service is about. And, and I, I, not to diminish, because there are some guys, man, there are some guys that I love to hear lead prayer on Sunday morning that I feel they are in the spirit and I feel like I'm in the presence of God when they are praying. We, we, we all have those. We all know people that can pray like that. And, and that is a very powerful, powerful thing to have in your words. There are some guys that I love to be in the room with when they're leading singing. Um, but ministry is not about worship. Mm-hmm. You're looking at me like this. No, no, I'm seeing where you're going. I know you're going. I think. Ministry is about showing God's love to other people. Yep. That's right. And, and yes, we need to use our talents when we worship God. We need those And people. we're commanded to and worship. Yes, yes. But we're but, also commanded to minister. But we need to open the door for more people to be able to minister and show God's love with the talents and gifts they've been given. And yes. we're guilty of saying, you've all got a gift, you've all got a talent. But then we're very limited. But here's how you have to use it. Yeah, but here's how you have to. We're very limited in how we allow those things to happen. Yeah. And um, and to and to, to Jonathan's point there, I mean, how awesome is it that people drive through town, and and he does it in a in a in a way that brings him pride about the people that he's ministering with, right. but that other people drive through the same thing. Like, hey, you know what? Not uh, not that, but you Smithville did that for these people. Yeah. yeah. You know, hey, my mom was 
you know, my mom had come home from the hospital and she's not able to walk anymore on her own. She's on a walker. And you know what? I knew that I could call the Smithville church. That's right. And they were going to take care of this need for us. Yes. And I yeah. think uh, on, on the other side, you know, on the more, I guess we've, you know, obviously we're making a very strong push about, Hey, serve outside the walls, use your talents that way. Don't diminish those talents. But just like you said, there are people who, and they're effective prayers. They're effective song leaders. If one day they're like, I quit. I think it would be 100% acceptable for us to be like, you don't waste God's talent that he's yeah. given. You know, we, we have people who are, who are so talented in that worship setting who don't do anything. And we need to say, hey, God, is, you know, for, I am not a work by my hands kind of guy. I, I, I'm a gopher. Uh, you know, go, 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 hold that board, go get me that tool. That's about as all I'm for. So I, I, I just get in the way on work projects. So I, I'm not needed unless they say, Hey, we need someone to go get tools or go get us food or go hold a board. But there are people who, but to your point, yeah. stop right there because I know where you're, but to your point, those people are needed as well. Yeah, Absolutely. They are. They are. You need all. And, 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 and for you to say, I can't do this, but I know I can do this. Yeah. And I'm going to show up, but you don't need five of those guys. Depends on the project. Yeah, depends on the project. But at some point, you can say, hey, do you need me on this? But also, those other talents say, hey, I'm going to embrace what God's done. And the other thing, I think, and we've kind of danced around it, and we've gotten to it with this gopher analogy, is we think too big sometimes. Oh, I got to, what's this huge, big, huge talent I have? And we think, Small things really don't matter. Man, you might be really good at just writing cards and remembering people's birthdays. I'm not Very that encouraging. Person. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, they're, you know, I think of the sweet old ladies who send a birthday card to every single person because that's what they love to do. That's mm-hmm. ministry. Mm-hmm. That's investing in people. That takes a lot of time. It's not, I mean, maybe not, but for me, I'm thinking, uh, that's, I mean, I've done a period of my life when I was really intentional about trying to write letters. But there are people who do it naturally because that's their gift. And and, and that's kind of their personality. That's the way God's wired them. We need to tell those people, hey, I really appreciate you because you're being like Jesus when you do this. Can I I interject too? Then then I'll say something. Uh, Jonathan, you were talking about writing cards that just brought to memory something, a conversation I had two days ago. Uh, One of our older members heard she lost somebody in her family and we went to visit her. And uh, because of COVID, she hadn't been to in-person assemblies in some time. And and she brought up the 40 or 50 cards that people had sent her. I mean, was, I mean, in tears, just thankful. And, and it was so sincere. And, and sometimes I think we esteem uh, the ministers and the song leaders and everything else. And, and I, I'm not trying to take away from that either because that's needed. It's necessary, but, like you're saying, that card writing is just as important. And one other thing, Matthew, a second ago, you said that uh, ministry is not about the worship service. Or am I misquoting? Well, I would say following Jesus isn't just about worship. That's a pep rally for the saints. You know, in Romans 12, 1 and 2, we're supposed to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. And then he says that's your reasonable service or your spiritual worship. Um, that's every, That's seven days a week man. I think we focus so much on Sundays and Wednesdays that we forget the other five days. And that's when you go 
and you be salt and you be light and you build those ramps or you write those cards or you do whatever you're going to do. Uh, I think that's when you really make the difference in the lives of people who are unchurched. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, so when I was in Kentucky, and I don't think she's going to watch this, but she does, Lauren, hi, I'm even going to call you out. Um, but I had a, a girl in my youth group who she, she would come on Sunday class, you know, most of the time. I'd be lucky to get her on Wednesday. But unless it was like a lock-in or maybe one or two other events in the whole year, I didn't see her. And in the first little bit, I really struggled with that. I'm like, man, why don't you show up? And, you know, sports, 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 sports. And then one day, uh, her coach shows up. I'm like, okay. And next week, her coach shows up. Next week, her coach shows up. Wow. And I was like, I said, Lauren, I said, how'd you pull that off? And she said, well, the coach, coach just mentioned she needed to get back to church. And I just said, hey, come to mine. And she went, okay. And her coach came and told COVID more regularly than most of our members. And sometimes if, you know, I mean, it was, it was impressive. And then it yeah. clicked. I said, she's, she's being Jesus on her team. And That's right. Now, some don't be Jesus on the team, and they need to be Jesus on the team. But I was like, whatever she's doing is working, and it's not about her coming to my event. If she's coming to worship, and she's you know putting that first, and then she's letting her light shine and growing where she's planted so effectively, where when she says, hey, come to mine, the coach doesn't say uh, no, because you don't act like a Christian anyway. Her coach yeah. goes, oh, okay. I'm interested because of the influence she had. And from then on, I didn't even push just, you know, and stay on her. I just said, Hey, keep doing what you're doing. Go do your thing. Do your thing. You know, kind of the circle around some of this stuff. Um, when we, when we minister, like you said, seven days a week, when when ministry is our, our focus, worship becomes greater. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because then we have something to, to rejoice over. We have look look at what's been going on. Now let's come together and rejoice over this, and, and and together as a family give God credit for this. And I think I think ministry outside the walls enhances worship within the walls. Um, but back to something you said a, a minute ago about yourself, and I think I think there needs to be a connection made. Is I'm a gopher. I, I, I'm I'm not these other things. Yeah. But one of the things you mentioned, Jonathan, was the guy that used to come and help us do these things, he doesn't have to come help us do anymore because we've got guys that have learned how to do it. And when you're, we've got some people that they put up a wall and they say, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. Okay, I can't do this. But if you get them involved in ministry, my guess is right now, you couldn't go out with one of Jonathan's crews and build a ramp. No. You're going to be the guy that goes, gets lunch, go gets this, go gets that. But if you spend enough time with those guys, and this is where discipleship comes in, if you spend enough time with those guys, you're going to learn a new gift. You're going yeah. to develop a new talent. Oh, yeah. And a year from now, you're going to be able to be the guy that leads. Yeah. And, and that's another important thing about ministry is people don't grow in their faith just sitting in a room looking at the back of people's heads. Yeah. They don't do it. They grow in their faith when they live their faith and when that faith is pushed and challenged and stretched. And so 
for you, and, and I understand what you're saying of, of I know this sent in my talent, but I think people hide behind that as well because they, they are afraid to grow. Yeah. They're afraid yeah. to put themselves out there. But if we create these environments where we say, hey, it's okay for you not to be good at this, but come anyway, you're not going to be judged for it. You're not going to yeah. be brought down for it. We're going to find a way yeah. to make you relevant. And in that process, we're going to take you from point A to point B to point B to point C, and we're going to help you grow. Absolutely. And so ministry, that, that's another reason that this ministry outside of the walls and using your talents are so important because you can bring someone along in that process that's as well. Exactly right. That's and a perfect example. And we've been dancing all around it, you know, but Paul writes in Ephesians about, you know, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow. He goes, hey, you all have different gifts. And when everyone's using their gift and everyone's doing it correctly <laughs> and not just hiding behind it or not saying, I don't have anything, I don't have any abilities, <coughs> when everyone's using their talents is what makes up a complete body. And everyone's needed. And sometimes we don't believe that. Either we don't believe we're needed or we think that person's not needed. And especially under, you know, we're talking about, you know, pay attention to how God has wired you. I think we also have to pay attention to how God's wired others. Mm-hmm. That's especially right. When we evangelize, sometimes we ask the wrong question and say, well, what are they going to bring us? What are they adding to our body? And I'm like, uh, a person, a soul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anything else matter at this point? You know, oh, they won't add to the budget. Uh, they won't add to this one. So, <laughs> and we, we almost ask like, oh, these people are more. Here comes a school teacher. We got a new Sunday school teacher. <laughs> we got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's the bank president. That's, that's you know? really why we have the adopted school program. Yeah, I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> teacher yeah, man. You know, um, and maybe you're listening to this and you're familiar with the Bible. Maybe you're not. Uh, but in First Corinthians 12, uh, the, the illustration is so simple, but Paul's talking about this same thing, everybody contributing. And he talks about there being a body and you've got hands and feet and ears. And and uh, the preaching minister and I were kind of, uh, we do this thing on Sunday nights where we'll sit up together and talk through a text exegetically. And we were in that passage and he brought up a point that I'd never thought about. You know, you think take that same illustration. You know, the hands seem more important than the intestines. But if you don't have that, you know, you don't have anything. And maybe you feel like you don't contribute as much as the Frodo or the Matthew. But you can do a lot of things in your church that they can't. And as you guys have already said, uh, we need everybody supplementing each other. Uh, You know, it's it's like part of your body's sick when we're not all using that, uh, that ability. You know, I had, I had a friend bring me down to uh, bring me down to a level one time. So when I was leaving Hoxie to go to Kingston and, and I was kind of struggling with this, you know, this thing that I had created, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, it's my buddy Justin in Florence. And he said, hey, he goes, I hate to tell you this. He goes, but Sunday morning after you leave the Sunday after you leave, he goes, they're still going to have church. <laughs> and I'm like, no, they're not like, well, they might be having it, but it's not going to be. But his point was, you know, don't don't exalt yourself. Understand that, yeah. When, when people are doing ministry the way they should, the the body keeps moving. Yeah, yeah. moving Chuck in the direction Moore. it needs to. Fredo, did you take uh, Chuck Morris's fundamentals class at Freed? I did. 
Is, I did. He made a statement whenever uh, I was in class that, uh, what was it? You need to run your ministry program in such a way that if you quit or if you die, it keeps going, you know, as if nothing happened. And and that's the first time I'd ever had that type of a mindset, I guess. You know, it's everything we do is supplemental. You know, that's I, I thought that was pretty cool. Work yourself out of a job. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, that was. His but but I like my job. So don't get that's any right. ideas. Ninth Avenue people. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, hey, Jonathan, we'll let you have the last word before we wrap up. Um, any closing thoughts you have on this on this topic you want to share? Well, guys, thank you all again for uh, letting me be a part of this. And uh, if you're listening to this, whoever you are, you've got a purpose. Uh, God makes each of us differently. I can't remember if we had this conversation in kind of the pregame pre show or since we've been on the air, but... Um, there's only one Matthew Valentine, one Jonathan Anderson, one Jonathan Frodo. And, and God made you, whoever you are, uh, with a purpose. And uh, that purpose is to love God, to serve him. And you and your life, God can use you to reach people that the three of us can't. And so I encourage you to uh, search the scriptures and find your talent and find your gift and use it to glorify God. Thank you guys again for having me. Absolutely. Well, thanks for being with us. Um, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for tuning in uh, to the Crossways podcast. We talk about how we can walk in the way of the cross. We want to remind you of 1 Peter 2, verse 21, which says, For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. We want to thank the Ministry League uh, for allowing us to be part of their network of podcasts and also Ninth Avenue Church of Christ, and of course, our guest, Jonathan Anderson, for being with us. We'll see you guys next week.